I the tried message. it. It was all right. Yeah, I smoked for a few years. <laughs> right. I didn't like it after that. Problem the smallest for in New York And City. I quit. Took a while to quit, but I did. To give you a reason to live. You could too. Try smoke. Twenty-one-year-old daughter of an Oklahoma City cop, barely making rent, drawing portraits of tourists in Central Park. The victim of a gunpoint mugging in the lobby of her West Harlem building. Two assailants dragged her to an unlit hallway, pointed a gun to her face, quietly told her, "If you scream, I'm going to shoot you." Laura Murray remained calm during the attack, and as the men took her wallet, she memorized every line in detail on the face of the gunman. And once the men left, she ran upstairs and started putting her school of visual arts training into effect. She smoked a joint and made out with her roommate, Cassandra. (coughs) Then she grabbed a sketch pad and started sketching the assailant. When she finished, she took it to the police station. When they looked at it, they agreed. This guy does look pretty sketchy. Thanks to her drawing, her assailants were apprehended just a couple of days later. She came to the precinct and identified the perps, who turned out to be an uncle and nephew mugging team. Uncle Robert Yarborough and his nephew, who was a minor at the time, so we don't know his name. The nephew pleaded guilty to robbery, got eight years in prison, but Uncle Rob did not. He had uh, previously been convicted on weapons and drug charges, as well as a 1975 rape in the Bronx. He chose to go to trial. She testified against him. Her sketch was introduced as evidence. He was sentenced to 44 years to life. Wow. In 2014, he'll be 97 at his earliest possible uh, release date. And now, young Laura Murray, on the encouragement of the prosecutor and cops, is pursuing a career as a courtroom and NYPD sketch artist. Just like her dad in OKC, she'll be using her skills to bring criminals to justice. She told the Post, I love being able to tell the story and say, Art, help me put a rapist behind bars. Uh, joining me now, associate editor of City Journal, Seth Barron. Hey, Seth. Hey, Pat. How are you? That's quite a story. Yeah, it is, isn't it? What's, how do you feel about that? It seems like a, like a bright and happy kind of story to me. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, it's good to know that um, the School of Visual Arts isn't just producing these uh, Japanese teeny boppers I see walking around. (laughs) It's funny because this is the most practical use of an art school education I can possibly think of. I've never heard of anything um, better. (laughs) It's certainly more practical than any education I received. (laughs) Did you go to art school? I did not go to art school, but I mean, I would love to be a courtroom artist. You know, the courtroom drawings used to be so important because, you know, there was no video ever allowed in a courtroom. It was like, I don't know when they changed that, but it was, that was all you saw of court. What I'm wondering about is, did she, since she's, since what she does is draw people in Central Park, was her picture of the um, nephew and uncle... Did they have like, um, like a tennis racket, a tennis racket, and <laughs> a skateboard? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, a jackass, a teen daredevil from Weehawk, and I want to talk about. He is arrested for climbing the Paramount Tower in Murray Hill. Nineteen-year-old Justin uh, Cascao. He was hanging off the side of the luxury residential building on East 39th Street, Second Avenue. Was police said engaged in acrobatics. That's a big mistake. Uh, and, you know, off the side of a building? Yeah, and anywhere in the city. you know, it, Or it used to be, uh, I remember when, when Bratton was commissioner, and he said, you know what, we're going to have to crack down on these subway acrobats. Sure. <laughs> like, and that's exactly what they are. There isn't a more accurate way to say it, but you know, everybody just thinks of them as the oh, showtime Oh, guys. I can think of more accurate ways to say it. <laughs> and you don't enjoy the entertainment they provide, huh? Oh, I, I'm not a big fan of it. Well, you know, it's gotten to the point since they don't enforce uh, that kind of thing anymore. The quality of live crimes have they've slipped a bit. I mean, you see more graffiti around than you did at one time. I feel, That's right. uh, and uh, the only graffiti they give a shit about are, are the backward swastikas that that keep popping up. You know, the, I, I yes. understand swastikas are are something that that would be chilling to see, uh, particularly uh, if you're Jewish. I see a swastika, and I think twelve year old. Uh, but, you know, if you have a deep connection uh, you, with your grandparents and the Holocaust or something, I certainly understand how it, it causes fear. A backward swastika, you can bet, was not drawn by a Nazi. It wasn't drawn by anybody who's ever 
seen the History Channel. Right. Uh, sure, like a uh, small ballpoint pen swastika on the side of a phone booth somewhere. It it doesn't, especially if it's backwards, doesn't. Um, it doesn't. Stri- it shouldn't strike fear in the hearts of too many people. And yet, uh, and I don't think that it does. I think that it, it's it's because they like. Everybody likes to be constantly pointing out hate crimes. Yes. That's considered a hate crime. They add it. So, yes. Uh, but um, regarding the uh, subway dancers, mm-hmm. I, I have an idea for them. I think that they should be allowed to do the subway dancing, but on top of the subway cars. <laughs> they can do as much as they want up there. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that's a good idea. I, I'll allow the occasional, uh, what do you call it, uh, Mariachi band, though you know, I mean, like it, just, it happens so rarely that if you happen to be on the seven train, you know, and you're <laughs> deep into Queens. Well, what I think is funny about the mariachi guys is, uh, I mean, you can tell that they come with like the dust of Chihuahua on their boots, mm-hmm. and uh, what went through their minds? Like, okay, we're so proficient at mariachi, let's go to New York City and we'll clean up, mm-hmm. and like nobody, nobody really likes that kind of music up I, here. They don't. They really don't. It's a novelty. I mean, it's uh, it's odd. Mm-hmm. Like some guy comes in with one of those enormous guitars. <laughs> why do they? Why such a big guitar? I don't know. I guess for the the, the bass sound. But oh, um, yeah, I guess so. Right, singing these Norteño songs about love. Uh, yeah, it's very funny. It it, it it seems like a, a, a like a real example of mismatch. All the more mismatch because of the. Uh, Uniforms, the, uh, the the grand costumes that they don. It's amazing. Matching with a lot of rhinestones and shit. And buttons down the down the, the, the side of their pants. Yeah. They go all out. I mean, I suppose they have to have that shit cleaned. <laughs> no, they give it to their wife. So the stunned uh, witnesses here in Murray Hill uh, regarding this acrobat. What, was, what kind of acrobats do you, acrobatics do you do on the side of a building? I don't understand. Well, they said uh, that he was... Uh, on the edge of the building, doing handstands and jumping up and down. Oh, which I see. Is, that's more of a calisthenic than an acrobatic. Uh, yeah, he's up there doing his morning exercises, I guess. He's mm-hmm. arraigned on a charge of criminal trespass, held on $10,000 bail. It's not the first time he's done this. He, this guy likes to climb buildings and shit and take you know, photos. And, right. And, uh, he, I can, look, if you can climb a building then I respect that ability. You are strong. You are physically agile, and, and you certainly have a, a lot to offer in the world, you know? Uh, you should become a fireman or something, maybe, you know? And, and you can climb up buildings, and you can and you can use your talents, but uh, to just... Uh, he's showboating. Of course, he's a young man. He's 19, but he's he's been in trouble for this before. How much of this shit do they tolerate before they actually, uh, you know, put him in jail? Start greasing the side of buildings? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not a huge, uh, dare, you know, but I think some of that has to do with, um, you know, age. I think once you reach a certain point, like, you know, I'm in my 40s. I'm probably not going to start skateboarding. Yeah, I'm not going to start riding a motorcycle. Yeah, it would be kind of pathetic, you know? It would be absurd. Yeah. <laughs> One has to just, you know, own one's place. Hey, and it's not a bad place. I'll tell you, what I hate is the sound of a fucking motorcycle. And that has nothing to do with any feelings of insecurity or, or inferiority or, or like, I, you know, I wish I was more like that. I fucking hate that noise. It cuts through. It gets the attention of everybody in the area. For what? What are we looking at? No, so, no, no. You're so wrong, Pat. Loud pipes save lives. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my problem with them. I don't want them saving lives. Yeah, I know. I want them sneaking up on cars, getting in their blind spot, and... Just run right over. You know they they they'll ride between cars. That's legal. Can you believe that's legal? Is that I don't know if that's legal here. In California, it is. In California ride uh, lane splitting or whatever they call it. That's an advantage to them. Well, Pat, at least motorcyclists have licenses and have to license their vehicles. What's really burning my ass these days on the streets of New York City are these electric bicycles that you see the delivery men driving uh. that are. Perfectly silent. They go 30 miles an hour. They're unlicensed. Uh, they're, they're being driven by a fucking immigrant. On the sidewalks. Mm. Um, that drives me crazy. For, you know, I went to a lot of press conferences uh, with the police commissioner and the mayor, and I would always ask them about it. And they would kind of smirk and say, yes, we're uh, preparing a crackdown on those. 
<laughs> but we're I still yet, waiting I'm, for that. I'm waiting, yes. Hey, I think that's that kind of issue right there is more important than probably 60% of the other shit they're talking about. It's a... I, I, although I, I don't know of any injuries regarding... Uh, well, that's the, kind uh, of what's been disappointing me is that I haven't been able to find any um, cases of injuries. Cyclists in general should just fucking cut it out. Cyclists have... Um, a, there's a funny thing going on with cyclists because um, they've taken all of the PR uh, and publicity about how green what they're doing is, and they've taken it too seriously... Um, because it's not as though they're, okay, they're transporting themselves, mm -hmm. right? They're not doing a public service. They're not bringing, you know, goods to market. <laughs> no. What is it that they're doing that's so great besides just, I'll, I'll tell you one of my favorite things to do, which is to walk over to the bike lane, um, on the West, like next to the West Side Highway, mm -hmm. um, and cross into it paying no heed to the cyclists. Yeah. Because at the crosswalks, I don't know if you've noticed this, there it does say yield to pedestrians. Oh, no, Cyclists I... hate to yield to pedestrians. Of course they do. They have to break their stride. Yes. So my favorite thing is to sort of just walk right in and maybe put my hand out like, up, oh, I'm coming. Yeah. And uh, it drives them crazy. That's great. That sounds like... <laughs> I, sometimes See, I'll just go back and forth. That's more thrilling... <laughs> Well, last week, the city's white dad, that's Mayor Philip Drummond, a.k.a. Bill de Blasio, shook hands with the chunky Latina speaker of the city council on an agreement for the 2018 budget. Now, Mayor Bill de Blasio has done a fair amount of posturing, claiming that he and city council speaker Melissa Mark Viverito had a prominent difference of opinion, yet the $85.2 billion spending plan will soon become official. De Blasio made it clear he wouldn't veto the provision, which he's repeatedly asserted that he's against. Now, the alleged disagreement concerned whether or not to provide free lawyers for ex-convicts who face lawful deportation by virtue of their status as convicted felons. De Blasio said, I think there may be legal services somewhere they deserve, but not with New York City taxpayer dollars. Uh, Council Speaker Mark Viverito said, I'll be advocating strongly to maintain it as it is. Now, uh, there's a lot to this. Uh, she's talking about a group uh, that, that the council has supported for the last three years um, that the, the council, through the council. They're called the, uh, the New York Family Immigrant Unity Project. Right, known as Knife Up. <laughs> that's how they, that's, that is actually what they call it. Really? Knife Up. That's great. Who called? They don't call it that. Yes, they do. <laughs> that's fucking great. Uh, you mean this organization, the New York Family Immigrant Unity, Unity Project? Well, that explains why it's such a convoluted, long, weird name. They wanted to have a, a cool kind of. I don't a think acronym. they even. I don't think they think the acronym is weird. I don't think they they even are conscious of of the, of, of of what it sounds like. That's a, that's odd, considering what they're doing. Well, Get your knives up. The, presumably, the reason it was called that, uh, I I thought it was because it sounds better than. The New York Free Lawyers for Ex-Cons and Illegal Aliens Project. Yes, it does. Well, I have a lot of things to say about the New York Family Immigrant... New York... Is it the New York... New York Family Immigrant Unity Project. Knife Up, we'll call them. Knife Up. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, making it all about unifying families, of course, makes it sound like it's, you know, strictly this positive thing. Yes. I mean, just so your listeners understand, the idea is that if you're in deportation proceedings, you're not... Um, allowed, there's no federal rule saying you get to have a lawyer as you would in like a court-appointed attorney in a criminal case. There's no right to representation in mm. these situations. So New York City decided to fund lawyers, you know, for people in deportation proceedings. So, so we have the government fighting itself. Well, the city... The city fighting federal or yes. whatever, but it's still the government. Yeah, sure. Um, Generally. Well, but that, you know, you could say that that's what happens with somebody's going to court and there's a government-appointed lawyer. Right, but they're a citizen. Right. And, yeah, and they're also not already guilty of something. That's, that's true. So we're talking about people here. The mayor doesn't want to give lawyers to 
convicts or to deep, you know, potential deportees who have been convicted of very only of very serious crimes, like yeah, murderers, exactly, rapists, exactly. arsonists. And 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 and, and I, I want to come to that in a minute. But I, about the name, I mean, like it, it, it's it's uh, by getting family and unity in there, they do imply that it, this is all. Uh, in order, to, we want to not let families be torn apart, you know. Right. And that's not always the case. Uh, probably seldom the case, actually. Uh, even the word immigrant has come to have kind of a noble connotation. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It, it conjures this image of a, a man about forty in a tattered suit jacket with a gigantic Mario Luigi mustache who shows up at a stockyard or a railway yard or something, and uh, or the local sawmill, you know, with his hat in his hands. He's humbly asking to do all the work for a penny. So he can purchase a crust of bread to divide among his poor but dignified wife and sad face but intelligent children. Uh, so well, the other question is, um, okay, so so presumably maybe there's some immigrants who have kids at home, mm-hmm. and we want to un- keep them unified. But suppose you're talking about somebody whose kids are in Mexico. Okay, wouldn't it, it would be it would it would unify the family to deport him? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. He, the family's already been torn apart and the, would actually repair the family. And, and if the father is a convicted felon, then uh, why are we more concerned about their fucking family than we are getting a felon, you know, out of the country or behind bars? Well, uh, Mark Viverito and the council, their their attitude is that the person has served his time already. Um, he's out of jail, so he shouldn't necessarily be deported. You know, he, why should we deport him? They see it as a form of double jeopardy. This is like adding punishment to punishment. Okay, I've heard that argument before. It's not a very good argument. It's, uh, well, the idea is that uh, if you've committed one of these crimes um, and, and you're convicted, like, say, if it happened, uh, say you were convicted today... You know, and it's one of these 170 crimes that are, you know, right. murder, rape, kidnapping, whatever. Then you would uh, be subject to immediate deportation, right? I mean, that's the well, idea. Well, after, after you go to prison. After your sentence, right. Yeah. And so, like, somebody who did this, uh, say they, they did it 15 years ago, and then they were released now, then, you know, I, I guess the argument she's making is that... Uh, but, you know, the thing is, is I thought it's being punished really not for... Strictly speaking, the the felony conviction, but you're you're being uh, rightfully shown the door of a, a country that you're not a citizen of. Right. I mean, why is it a punishment to go home? <laughs> right. You know, another wrinkle they they say that well, this is just provide making sure that people have due process. Well, you know, let's think about it. Let's think about that. Suppose you've been convicted of rape, and you're in prison. And you want to go home and see your family, but you can't afford um, an appeal, an appellate lawyer. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't the city provide you with a lawyer for your appeal? It's part of the due process. It's part of due process. And you want to get back to see your family. So do they? No. Not even for immigrants? <laughs> not even for immigrants. <laughs> and not even for undocumented immigrants. Not even for convicted felons? Uh, the uh, the Unity uh, Immigrate, the Knife Up, we'll call it again, you know, they, they provide, they, basically they, they provide services to prevent every individual from being uh, lawfully deported. Is that right? All, anybody who They provide might... an attorney. Uh, exactly. In an these, attorney. In these um, proceedings. And it's not, a, it's not an attorney doing pro bono shit or anything like that. He's paid. Yeah. And, and the funds, uh, the legal, legal fees, legal representation, uh, to uh, it's going to cost the taxpayers $26 million in 2018. Well, let me tell you what I think happened here. And this is really going to be, this is some real deep inside baseball shit for Everybody in your audience who okay. loves the city council of New York City. <laughs> um, I know a budget thing is not always going to oh, be. Oh, this is going to be great. But I think that it is. Uh, well, I, I, it's about crime. Just to make it quick, basically every year the mayor and the speaker pretend that they have some big difference on some issue, and then he caves and lets her appear the hero. Okay. Right, every right. year they have a different thing like this. It's always the same thing. Um, one year she wanted a thousand cops and he said no, but then at the last minute he, 
you know, quote unquote, caved. Mm. I'm pretty sure that they were, this was the issue this year, and he was going to say, okay. But what intervened was the Puerto Rican Day Parade and her insistence that Oscar Lopez Rivera, this like demented terrorist, be the hero. And that created an embarrassment for de Blasio. And I think he was, this was his punishment that he, he said, okay. Forget it. We're not. We're not doing the uh, the knife up money. And huh. then she snuck it in, and he's saying it doesn't matter because yeah, we're, we're going to deal with it in in the contracting yeah. uh, portion of the show. She she brings shit like this up. You know when she had, uh, tried to get everybody to sign this petition, and she got a lot of signatures about this Oscar Lopez Rivera, mm-hmm. who is the uh, convicted uh, of conspiracy to a, a lot of different shit, a lot of explosions, the FALN, four people dead, and a cop. Uh, Francis Tavern. He's a real deal, kind of bad news. Never would renounce violence. Clinton gave him a chance to get out. He wouldn't renounce violence. Even to get out of prison, he wouldn't say a thing. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's how dedicated he is to, to the, the concept of violence uh, as you know an instrument for social change. Well, he likes to say, people like to say he never committed violence, but he's renounced violence. Right. So What's, I'm not sure how you renounce something that you've never been committed to. I, I, I think that de Blasio was just lying about that. I, I, in fact, I've never heard him renounce violence. I, I've never no. heard any. He's the only one I've heard say that he did that. What, what I think he says, he, what, what I believe Rivera has said is, yeah, we don't see violence as um, basically tactically useful anymore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're all heart. Yeah. You right. know, he uh, was to be honored at this year's Puerto Rican Day Parade. And I had no idea what a huge political issue the Puerto Rican Day Parade can be. Melissa Mark Verito has a blind spot. Uh, and uh, the guy's not going to be honored because all the sponsors practically dumped it. Right? JetBlue uh, and Coca-Cola and the Yankees. Yeah. Well, he still really is Goya. being honored. At this point, it's just like a... Um some kind of word game. Uh, Mark Favrito right. says, no, no, he's being honored. He has just decided to bestow the honor on the people of Puerto Rico themselves. Yeah, and he didn't even try that hard to save face. This guy doesn't give a shit. He doesn't care. They asked him, well, what about the people, what about the families of the victims? He says, you know, they have no respect for me, so why should I have respect for them? <laughs> I'm not here to say I'm sorry. That's not me. Well, I mean, this guy is not bad me. news. Yeah, he, he's a shithead. And and by the way, Puerto Rican independence, not a popular idea. Well, that's the other thing. They keep talking about how he's like Mandela, because Mandela was considered a terrorist. However, when Mandela got out of prison, they had a vote in South Africa. And, you know, guess what? The apartheid system lost by like 90% or 99%. Um, they've had a lot of votes about Puerto Rican independence, and it typically gets like 2 or 3%. Yeah. Nobody wants Puerto Rico to be independent, except for a bunch of, you know... Terrorists. <laughs> More or less, like lunatic kind of... Con- like people who are really into Castro and Chavez. Oh, like de Blasio. Oh, or like de Blasio, yeah, sure. Yeah, because he's uh, a big fan of those type of guys. Uh, but, uh, you know, he now that he's running the city... Uh, he was willing to, once it was clear that, I mean, uh, everybody can be, even 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 James O'Neill, Police Commissioner James O'Neill of the NYPD, said, I'm not going to be there. Uh, Cuomo wasn't coming, uh, and a lot of people bowed out. And then de Blasio goes, you know what, I was against it the whole time. I was just giving her enough room to figure it out. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and, uh, you know, de Blasio loves to have everything both ways. And, and so many times, as is the case with the budget here and funding these, uh, you know, ex-cons, basically, as an ex-con uh, convicted of a felony, they could deport Oscar Lopez Rivera. Well, not really. He's a U.S. citizen. Is he really? Puerto Ricans have U.S. citizenship. I did not know that. You didn't? No, I didn't know they had U.S. citizens. Sure. And they get to vote. Well, they don't get to vote for the president. I mean, they do if they're here. If <laughs> if they're in the United States, they do. Puerto Rico itself doesn't doesn't get to vote. For oh well, yeah. I mean, a Puerto Rican here does. I know. I, I didn't think that. The, <laughs> I didn't. I know, I know the Bronx can vote. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, okay. So 
by paying the legal bills for their attorneys, they, 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 the representation now, uh, what they want to do is you know, keep every immigrant in, in the city. Uh, now, the, the crimes which can lead to deportation, they mirror the list of 170 offenses. 170, which revoke the immigrant privilege associated with the sanctuary state. And they are criminal violations, these, these crimes, considered sufficiently egregious to raise the collective eyebrows of the sanctimony city right? and allow NYPD like to cooperate with immigration and customs enforcement. So sanctimony they, city, that's great. It is exactly it. And then now the group uh, provides free lawyers for every single immigrant who could potentially be legally deported. This is what you, what you mentioned a few minutes Only, ago. Only, however, if they aren't. <laughs> Oh, if they don't have enough money to pay for it themselves. Yeah, financially based. But but regardless of what crimes they've committed, including murder, rape, child porn, literally any and all other violent felonies for which they've been convicted, uh, it doesn't even take into account the number of times they could be convicted. No. Uh, if they've raped, murdered, kidnapped, molested children, uh, driven drunk, sold drugs, uh, any number of times. Look, they're serious when they say not one more deportation. They don't want any one deported. Yeah, and and that's uh, that that's just silly. That is silly. Because, uh, you know what, here's another thing. If they won't want anybody else deported, if you don't want to be deported, there's an alternate way to guard against deportation. Don't commit a felony. You know, when you're living here, being all hardworking and quietly enriching the community with various elements of the culture from back home that you've gone to such great lengths to get the fuck away from, just simply try to avoid raping and murdering people. You'd think that wouldn't be so hard. You'd think that crime prevention might be the focus here. You know what I mean? Well, it's this, not... this is what happens when you let the cat lady industrial complex take over the country. <laughs> we just have a few guidelines here, a.k.a. laws, which the vast majority of Americans agree upon, and which we consider for the most part to be pretty damn fair and tolerable. Well, I want to point that out, what you said about the income. It's, 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 you have to be poor enough to qualify However, if you're being arrested for one of these crimes, you know, uh, hey, there's a good chance that uh, you're not reporting your drug money to the IRS. But no matter what they do, no matter how illegal, say, for example, okay, say an illegal immigrant, okay, who is in this example, he's, he's raped and killed his way across the border from Mexico into Arizona before making his way to New York. He arrives in the city. The following day, carjacks a nine months pregnant woman in the process, shooting her in the stomach. And then is suddenly so overcome with arousal uh, in the Sea Town parking lot, he pulls down his pants and jerks off over her while staring into her eyes and whispering a satanic prayer and calling her a whore. Uh, just as he's about to ejaculate, he jams his erect penis forcefully through the small opening of the bullet wound, which is lubricated with blood and amniotic fluid. And much to the man's delight, by some one in a million coincidence, his penis goes into the mouth of the woman's unborn but still not dead baby. His hips move slowly at first because he's trying to manage his nut, a fact he attempts to explain in his native tongue to the woman's twin six-year-old girls who are stunned into silence in their car seats in the back. Driving a final 10 to 15 hard thrust through the bullet hole and hard into the back of her soon-to-be-dead child's throat, he squints and squirts his immigrant load all over the baby's tonsils. And before driving away... He giggles as he uses his blood-covered dick to scrawl, I came in your baby's mouth in Spanish on the ass of the now unconscious woman whose body he's roughly posed in a vulgar ass-up position, shattering all her front teeth against the surface of the parking lot. And seeing that she's still breathing, he places the barrel of the gun deep into her ass and empties it and drives away, leaving the gun sticking out of her butt. I, I don't recall having signed up for... For, for, for this part of the <laughs> program. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's, uh... No, um, Pat, look, they have an ideological commitment to the idea that borders are evil. It's going back to the left. The left basically wants everyone. It's like saying, let's all commit suicide. You go first. Ah. Uh. Yeah, you're right, because it's a lot of limousine liberals who uh, are in positions of power and who only rub shoulders with immigrants of their choice. Yeah. Uh, say Hillary Clinton, you know? She's an immigrant? Who does she hang out with? Oh, she hangs out with um, 
You know, Rob Reiner, uh, people like that. Yeah. (laughs) Mostly (laughs) Rob Reiner. Uh, Yeah. People who are committed to that idea, or or say a guy like uh, Anderson Cooper, you know, he's not on the, the Q60 out to Jamaica. Not, not, I haven't seen him on it. De Blasio did point out he controls the contracting process for such issues, and yeah. he did that at the press conference. Supposedly, that really, you know, uh, cheesed off uh, Mark Viverito. Look, she's a very resentful, entitled, spoiled individual, mm. um, and and she's she, got genital warts too. For she <laughs> apparently has genital warts. I've not, I have not seen them, but no. this is what she promised she has. But look, the thing is, we have a strong mayor system, which means that. The mayor runs the city. The council, the council can pass laws, but they can't compel the mayor to execute them. Mm. Um, well, he, 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 you know, if it, he wanted to, he could say, "Okay, next year, guess what? We're not having. I'm not funding the program." Well, he doesn't have to fund it this year. Even he could, yeah. he could drop all this funding if he, he wanted could, to. He could, yeah, I, and by that time, there's going to be a different council speaker who's not going to care about this issue. They're not going to fight him on it. Trump has torn so many friendships apart. In court, an unemployed Manhattan man found not guilty of charges related to his nocturnal molestation of his roommate's girlfriend. Huh. Trouble started with a boozy night for Nick Lou, 27, 9-11-2015, with Shane Payne Squeeze. Uh, it was his roommate before, and he was staying over there, and he wandered in there to where they were sleeping, Shane Payne and his squeeze, and he started kissing her neck, and he put his fingers into her. She woke up, and she said, stop, stop. And uh, she said that he seemed awake. She, this guy has pulled a sleepwalking defense. He said, I was sleepwalking, I was unconscious, and uh, I had no idea what I was doing, and it worked. You know, it was argued that he uh, could not, you know, have intent if he wasn't conscious. That's uh, the, the defense attorney speaking. And uh, his mother co-signs it. She says he's always done this kind of shit. And his girlfriend co-signs it. She says about twice a month, he'll grab her vagina and breast while he's, while he's asleep. Um, yeah, but that's his girlfriend. Yeah, that's true. I mean... He has a right to do that. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> probably she doesn't mind so much. Yeah, I mean, they're at least in the same bed. I mean, uh, you know, it says, uh, yeah, right here in the post, she said he grabs her breast and vagina about twice a month in his sleep. I wonder how often he does it awake. Isn't that just like cuddling? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It, well, yeah, it, there's certain things are, that are allowed in, in, like you can rub your you rub your cock against a girl's ass if you're sleeping with her. If that's you're with not her, an issue. If not an you're issue. on the subway, <laughs> that's all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, now, <laughs> now. I mean, it sounds like somewhat uh, unacceptable. I would say to um, to do that. I I don't know. I didn't know that saying you're asleep was a defense. I've I've heard of it as a murder defense before. And I, I certainly think that it's possible that the guy was asleep. I think that, that there's a groundwork laid there. Uh, kids, if you're thinking you might someday want to do a sleepwalking defense, by all means, start now. Get up in the middle of the night. Walk around your, your parents' home and establish a pattern of this. And uh, pretend to be asleep when you're molesting your girlfriend at night. Uh, the way they put it here, Payne's horrified girlfriend woke to find Lou kissing her neck, putting his fingers inside her. I assume it's inside her vagina. Uh, and uh, during her tearful testament, she cried. Then I thought at first when I read about this that like, oh, the girlfriend must have been okay. It's all right, you know. She is tearful about this. It's a real reversal of the whole Cosby type rape, isn't it? Raping in your oh, sleep. Oh, because he put himself to because like he drank. He had a boozy night. Oh, he had a boozy night. Yeah, he was. He he got hammered on nine eleven two thousand fifteen. And uh, he was charged with uh, one, it was just one count each, of misdemeanor forcible touching and third degree sex abuse, uh-huh. which used to be known as the old slap and tickle. Okay. But now it's a, it's a serious offense. Sounds it. And uh, yeah, out of work investment analyst, he said he ran back into his bedroom. He began hyperventilating. I was breathing quite fast. I felt horrible. I, you know, I, I don't know if, if this guy's story is true, that if he was asleep, because. You know, she said that he actually blurted something out after he attacked her because uh, 
he said uh, when 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 she was saying no no, and he was fingering her in her sleep, mm-hmm. and uh, she said no. He said, "Wait, we're not going to do this." <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that's what it says. Um, yeah. So did the. Um... By the way, the post doesn't buy it. Uh, so uh, did they re-sign the lease? <laughs> Sleepwalk sicko skates. Accused beats sex rap with zany defense. Uh, he's apparently Asian with a, a no, I think, a non-Asian mother. So he's half Asian. Yeah, he's half Asian, like he, like your engineer. Yes, exactly. Just like Ryan Cancy Rivera, but uh, except. Uh, this guy looks like he, I think he's Chinese. he's half Asian, half James Franco, right? Because he is that's ex- he's got that stoner smile on his face. He's gonna go meet up with Seth Rogen later. Now the girlfriend said the first time it happened, the first few times it happened, I didn't know he was asleep. She told the jury, I, you know, he woke up during it, and and you could see his eyes going from unconscious to confused. So, you know, of course, if a, a sleepy Asian, how are you possibly seeing his? <laughs> I mean, he's, all right, but uh, this is, I think, what the case turned on. I think it's this, just a real miscue by the prosecutor. When it was came in the questioning of the mother. She's a kindergarten teacher, Lisa Phillips, and uh, she broke down in tears when the assistant DA, Mimi Mayers, indelicately grilled her about her son sleepwalking as a child. So as the mom tried to explain her son's behavior that night in 2015, Mayers asked, uh, was there ever a time when your son was sleepwalking that he put his fingers in your vagina or your daughter's? Oh. You know, I think they probably figured, okay, it's not nice to finger somebody in their sleep, but that was just rude. And I think they were voting against uh, this, uh, the woman saying something like that to this kindergarten teacher. Well, it seems like a reasonable question. Well, it it could have been put... A little or more they could delicately. Could have asked the dad, "Did he ever come? I mean, if he's asleep, did he ever come and give you a hand job in your did sleep? Did he ever come and like finger your your ass? <laughs> that might have been. I mean, why not? Or or the roommate? Did he ever come and tickle your balls? I mean, <laughs> why not? If you're asleep, presumably you don't even know what you're doing. I mean, that's what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. Well. You know, you, you make a strong point there. Uh, he he tends to only uh, go after women, women like and, who and, are attra- like uh, that he uh, finds attractive what, and appropriate. Obviously, his girlfriend he finds attractive, and this one is a bikini model. Okay, uh, according to the story here, it doesn't really provide any interesting visual to proof have, of that. To have they should test and have the the roommate bring home like you know old women, obese women. <laughs> And just see what happens. Well, I I agree 100%. That would be a great experiment. It would be an interesting way to enforce the law. <laughs> Did you know the average woman now in, Amer- in the United States, according to uh, whatever it was that I looked at that seemed official, 5'4", 166 pounds. What? 5'4", 166 pounds. That's, that's, they took an average, and that's what an average woman... Her size is 5'4", 166 pounds. And, uh, okay, I, I'm willing to believe that, you know, because uh, there's there's places that bring the average up or is down. Is this median or mean? Like, they do mean height and mean... Well, like, if you... if you That's what, on average, yeah. if you take every woman and measure her height... Okay, 5'4", and, and 106... Wow, okay. Yeah. Now, that's... It's, it sounds a little chunky, right? A little bit. But still, you know, acceptable... But now this is on a separate site, but this is where they decide, like, I think what you said, the median, like, what, where the lines are, like, uh, you become obese. Yes. At 100, a 5'4 woman is obese at 174 pounds. Oh, okay. So they've got seven and a half pounds to play with. That's great. And that's why women are so fucked up about their weight. I think you know because they're, they're, they're all like right on the on the border. Uh, they're right about they're about to be grossly overweight. What is the average for men? Did they have a? Um, I, I did they check. break that down? I, I don't. I, I, <laughs> men, you can talk about their weight. Uh, you know, nobody cares. Could be like five eight three and three and a quarter, and yeah. it would be like, oh, all right. I remember the the waist size was thirty nine inches. Okay, but 
in this trial uh, with the, with the fingering and with the fingering and the sleeping kissy. Now, she said, was there ever a time when your son was sleepwalking, you put his fingers in your vagina or your daughter's? She's like, no, he only stroked my clitoris. <laughs> and very gently. <laughs> Jesus and not Christ. only, he would put his penis against my cheek. <laughs> and it was permitted. Okay, so the, the, the woman, shit. Phillips, the teacher, she goes, she said her response to the question, that's awful. What is wrong with you? I thought that was a great response because it just really, it takes full advantage of the power of that moment, you know. Uh, instead of being cowed into giving some sort of sheepish answer, like, well, no, I guess not, or anything like that, just to totally take charge. That's awful. What is wrong with you? To but, say that to the prosecutor. Yes. And, and, well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, that's that's really what they call reframing. Yes, and refracting. Uh, the uh, I guess uh, the the jurors looked disgusted at the prosecutor's line of questioning, and uh, that I think that's where it turned. I think that was what it was because it's it's really it seems like a pretty uh, kind of a slam dunk here. You know what I mean? Like uh, mm-hmm. usually, if a woman uh, is fingered by some guy she doesn't want to get fingered yeah. by, then that's. Uh, but here they basically say yes, it happened, but he didn't mean to do it. He he had no intent. And and his defense attorney says, uh, his defense attorney did a very fine job, too. Dan Olin, he said, you cannot intend to do something if you are not conscious. The defense of sleepwalking wasn't made up out of thin air. Wow. Well, here's my question. Um, if, if you, well, I guess if you're very drunk and you commit a crime, the idea is, well, you got yourself drunk. So, in... Mm-hmm whether you intended to like run someone over or rape someone we're no longer talking about intention because you got you got yourself drunk well yeah but it it does help explain a, a culpability dynamic when it comes to rape i mean it's a thing that is often said that uh, he got her drunk he got her hammered, uh-huh. but it isn't something that he's really empowered to do. He 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 doesn't pour alcohol down her throat. Right. He doesn't. So, as they say, no one is struck drunk. Right, but but that's the that seems to be the prevailing attitude. I don't know how that works in the law. Uh, it, the, he plied her with drinks and things like that. If you yeah. don't slip her something, right, and she's picking up the glass and drinking with it, and I think it's all about this these days. There is like a, a real allergy to accepting responsibility for your own actions. I don't mean to sound like my dad, but my dad never said shit like that anyway. Uh, but I sound like somebody's dad. You don't dad. want to sound like someone, the proverbial dad. The proverbial dad. And and I saw a poster in the subway. Uh, you know that when you walk up out of the Fourth Street, West Fourth Street station, and they yeah. have like uh, a lot of public service shit there sometimes, you know, and usually it's a couple of gay people going like uh, condoms, you know? Right, right, well, right. Play safe. Yeah. Because, you know, gays always using condoms. Uh, but uh, They love them. I can't get enough. They, they so, both wear one. I'm wearing one right now. <laughs> and I'm not even gay. It's a rainbow condom that I wear out of, out of empathy and support Beautiful. for ass-fucking. Good for you. But there's one that says, uh, your friends, don't let, uh, don't let your friends, it's not friends don't let friends exactly, but it's if they're your friend... Don't let them have too much to drink, and don't don't let them drive hammered. Don't let them get hammered and drive. And I thought, why is this on anybody but the drinker? You mm-hmm. know, it sounds very codependent or something. It, it does, right? Like, well, it's kind of like um, Shirlene McRae has this program. You know, Thrive NYC. It's this big yep. initiative. To wife of uh, Mayor De Blasio. Wife of Mayor, De Blasio, first lady of New York City. Uh, she has this major mental wellness initiative, and they're putting billions of dollars into promoting mental wellness. So one of the things they're doing is training people to um, identify m- mental illness in their neighbors and coworkers. Now, if someone's, like, massively depressed or schizophrenic, you know, it's pretty easy to figure it out. You see them on the sidewalk all the time. But I like the idea that we're essentially trying to create a Stasi of yentas like people just like oh um how come you uh 
I saw you wearing that shirt the other day. <laughs> are you depressed? Oh, uh, that's that's one oh, of you are, you're eating a lot of chocolate. Are you depressed? Yeah, it sort of seems like. Um, why don't we uh, live and let live a little bit? Yeah, uh, instead of turning into a, a city of snitches. Exactly. You know, I don't necessarily think that the uh, the authorities need to be alerted that uh, I've got one shirt that I like. <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, right. You know. No, it's it's true. I don't know exactly how you're you're expected to. Um, Stops. I mean, if someone's an alcoholic and they're set on getting wasted, I don't know why it's on you to step in. Yeah, because yeah, well, it should say on the poster, "Hey, how about don't drink so much?" You know what I mean? Right. And I think that if we, if that message got reinforced, people go, "Oh, it's on. Okay, don't drink so much." Right. But you know what? I think it's the alcohol lobby. I think they might have something to do with that. You know how like uh, the quitting smoking shit and the not smoking stuff. All these like the, they have the tobacco companies produce these ads as part of their, uh, you know. Well, they have to. They 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 were forced to give money to a group that produces the ads. Right, but they also decide the group they give it to. I'm mm. uh, and so uh, since they're contracting that out, I'm sure that they go with somebody who, hey, they might have had one created just so they could go with them. Uh, but they are definitely in the driver's seat at on some level. You think so? On some level, and I'll tell you why I think so. Because the message that they that these things send. A couple of examples. When one time in a comic book, tobacco is wacko is what it said, and it was a uh, this very colorful looking sort of alternative pippy lop long stocking kind of you know exciting looking young lady you know. But in this weird collage cartoon form, so it's not recognizable as a person exactly. I mean, you see it's a person's a representation, but it's a cartoonish thing. Tobacco is wacko. And then in the small print, you know, something about tobacco, whatever. The, but how is that an anti-tobacco message? Uh-huh. Tobacco is wacko? Right, right, right. Okay, so that's one of them. Another one is a kid who is obviously cool. He's obviously a cool kid. Mm-hmm. He's not a nerdy... I'm drinking milk. You know, he's a fucking, this is a kid. Yeah. I think he's, cigarettes? Yeah, I tried it. Just one for me. I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't need to do something like that. But he tried it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's, that's, that's the message. I tried it. It was all right. Yeah, I smoked for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like it after that. And I quit. It took a while to quit, but I did. You could too. It's extremely Try dead. smoking. <laughs> Like they could have anti, um, so you're saying like the ads for the liquor, like not to drink. It's like, uh, liquor, beer, never fear. Beer, (laughs) liquor, never sicker. Drink responsibly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The messages they send are not, and I think maybe... That is the same thing as with the tobacco, the alcohol there, because they're saying because they're not saying, "Hey, don't drink so much." Because could you, could you imagine them? that that sends a very negative message yeah. for, that, for them? You know what I mean? Like, uh, but if they're like, "Hey, don't let somebody else drink so much," it's like, "Oh, it's not. I don't have a problem. I'm just this fucker over here is having too many. I don't really." And you intuitively know that is a nowhere kind of a thing. Uh-huh. That that matters to five. Girls, right? Well, you know, a few years ago, the city put out these ads. This was under Bloomberg saying, um, "If you have a child before you graduate high school, the chances are neither you nor the child will graduate high school." Like stuff like that, right? Yeah, like that's how real. Bad. Yeah, uh, they had to pull those ads because people were like, "You are shaming teenage mothers." Jesus, like, right? Well, that's the idea. It's it's to wake them up. It's not supposed to shame people who already dropped out. It's to, it's to make them aware that like, hey, this is a decision that you know it. When you talk about a, a, a people, or you, when you talk about like uh, uh, even a, a family, you know, you never rise past a certain level. You want good things. You want your child to go further than you. You mm-hmm. know, do you have hope for the future? Mm-hmm. Do you care about your life, even as an individual? You know, I, I I think that's a great ad. I don't think it's shaming at all. I, oh, the word yeah. shaming is 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 way overused. You know, uh, fat shaming is not uh, you know, a fat joke. Hold on a second. Is this all an intervention? <laughs> <laughs> all right, come on in, guys. Wow, that was elaborate. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't even put you. You're probably smaller than the average that I talked about. Are you at 39 waist? Oh, please. I haven't seen 39 in a while. Are you shitting me? I'm huge. <laughs> Come on, man. I disagree, but uh, I guess you know better than me about I your waist probably, size. Probably, probably. Yeah. Uh, well, Eugene Donnelly, and this is just on the sleepwalking idea, uh, he also got away with something a little bit worse than fingering a girl. Uh, he's a cop. We've covered this story for a bit now. Well, we finally have a result. A hero to zero Bronx cop charged with breaking into a woman's apartment, drunkenly assaulting her while she was ac- he was actually uh, sleepwalking, his lawyer claimed. Our report shows that it wasn't an alcoholic blackout. It was sleepwalking, lawyer Michael uh, Marinaccio said. After Eugene, O'Don- uh, excuse me, Eugene Donnelly appeared in Bronx Supreme Court where he faces misdemeanor assault and burglary charges. Uh, he had faced them because now he, is not gonna, he didn't do any jail time here. Our report shows that, uh, that that's what happened. 27, he roughed up. Uh, now, he went in and punched her in the face in Woodlawn. Now he and he, he says he was sleep. He was asleep. Yeah, he he was asleep. He says. And whom did he punch? He punched a total stranger. Uh, it was a, a, the woman. Uh, the victim was in a different apartment. He went into the wrong apartment, and uh, you know he he was standing over her when she woke up. Is this the guy who was drinking milk? Yes, he drank her milk. Uh, he, he was drunk the previous night, just as this other guy was. Now. If that's a common factor here in the sleepwalking thing, it could be uh, s- something where you go, well, you know, you know this shit happens when you drink. Right. Uh, although I'd say this is probably a first for this guy. Uh, he was presented with the, co- uh, with the police combat cross. That's what he was out celebrating. That's for the, for the, punching for punching his neighbor in the yes. face while he was <laughs> drunk and asleep. No, that, it was for uh, oh, oh, arresting okay. a teen gunman yeah, after a wild oh, Bronx oh, oh, gunfight. Okay. Uh, and and he managed. He, now he was only wearing his underwear when he barged into the, the woman's house. He punched her up twenty times, drank Good milk Lord. from her refrigerator, ran off. Yeah, he. he, he and told he, her, and he was acquitted. Well, he won't do jail time. I want to make sure that I have this right because I, I, he, he was placed on mo- modified duty, stripped of his gun and badge, pending the outcome of his assault case. Okay, you know what? I normally do not feel this way about these cases, reflexively, but I don't think that sleepwalking is. Um, that sounds like a, a, if you yeah exactly like you said if you know that when you drink you you sleepwalk, <laughs> then this is like just getting drunk and hitting somebody. It's like a blackout. It's yeah, comparable it's, to a blackout. It sounds like being in a blackout. Maybe both I, I, these guys maybe are he was bl- just blackout. In blackout. Yeah, <laughs> I think that I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if that's what this was. Well, if if you if you're in blackout, I mean, is is that sleepwalking? If you don't have consciousness, if you do no. something in a blackout, no, can you a, be held responsible? Yes, absolutely. Are you sure? Yes. I mean, uh, no, I'm not. I but mean, I know traditionally people, people are. People get drunk and, and do terrible things, run and then, over people, and, and then they wind up going to prison. But maybe they shouldn't. Well, you know, it sounds. I mean, it would not surprise me at all if that's what was actually happening. Okay, well, it says a, an NYPD cop who broke into a woman's home and beat her in, beat her up in his underwear, and how she got in his underwear, I'll never know. Uh, will not serve any time for the bizarre attack. He was sentenced to three years probation for misdemeanor assault. So he's guilty of misdemeanor assault okay. and just got three years probation. So okay. that's the sentencing. He will also undergo alcohol abuse treatment. Aha. Uh-huh. He avoided jail time because the victim told prosecutors he needed rehab, not time in a cell. So it was the victim who kept him out of jail. How about and he that? He punched her 20 times. He punched her 20 times. Because um, she's afraid. <laughs> I mean, War Machine just got life in prison. <laughs> yeah, but he fucked that lady up. I know. War Machine, uh, yeah. Man, God, that was... There's not a lot of shit I hear about where I just go like, whoa, you know, that beating. <laughs> well, the part especially when, all right, he'd been punching his girlfriend in the face for two hours. And this is an, an MMA guy. Right. And then he said to her, oh, my God, I've gone too far. I have to kill you. Uh, that's that's frightening. Yeah. Her, I mean. I'm I, not, you know, I mean, life in prison, that's a long time for not killing somebody. But, I mean. Maybe it's uh Yeah. I I agree. 
He raped her violently too. I think. Oh my god! In yeah, that situation, did. and he did he her. was her boyfriend was there? So did he beat he, him oh, up yes, too? Yes, he told. Yeah, he fucking. He's not gonna let him off scot free. Yeah, that's the first thing he did. Probably neutralize that guy. Yeah, War Machine sounds like he's got some emotional problems. Honestly, like he kept sort of mouthing "I love you" during the trial to, yeah. to his victim. And she said, I don't know if he gets 12 years or 30 years, but whenever he gets out, he's going to kill me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, I I think it's fair that... Life without parole. And he said, yes, I deserve it. Yeah, he's okay with it somehow. He found the Lord, and uh, that's what he says. Well, it's funny to think that someone could be insane before they found the Lord, and just because they found the Lord, there's... You know, yeah. he's still insane, saying that he wants to go to prison forever. Right. It's a different kind of insanity. Yeah. The, the insanity of acceptance. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, here, here's what uh, Donnelly, uh, the woman says, rather, I'm relieved to have the formal aspect of this over. The 33-year-old woman told the Daily News, Donnelly remains on modified duty, according to an NYPD spokesman. He's still employed. What? That doesn't seem possible. That that he, doesn't, that, what was he convicted of? Felony misdemeanor? Well, just misdemeanor. No, misdemeanor. Misdemeanor. misdemeanor assault, yeah. How could you be still on the force? Well, if he was sleepwalking, how was he found responsible for uh, this? That, no that, consistency. You know what? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's it, it seems to be... Uh, well, you know, it's like a, a new gray area of the law, like driverless cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, that's what these guys are. They're driverless cars. Right, because they're like, I wasn't the, I, I wasn't in charge of, of this vehicle. Like, I'm, I'm a pretty new thing. <laughs> well, wow. Well, we'll find you online, Seth, where we can read your stuff. That's a city journal, uh, and it's uh, cityjournal.com. No, no, no. no. It's city-journal.org. Uh, city.journal. No, city-journal. Thank you. city-journal.org. Dot org, and uh, you can also uh, go to Seth Barron's Twitter, and, and uh, you, you probably tweet out most of your stories or all of them, right? I usually do at NYC Council Watch. Yes, I am a big follower and a big reader, and if you enjoy, uh, you know, the kind of commentary that is, it's kind of a no bullshit, not overly emotional sort of like a political discussion in which you learn things. And what I like about the way you write, you have a long memory. I forget that. Hey, wait a second. Here's what de Blasio said a month ago. Right. And, you know, when you have that kind of a, a perspective on it, you know, the, the further you stand back, the more you see the pattern in this guy. And I find shit like that fascinating because it really affects New York City. You know, what affects New York City affects us. And, uh, you know, and, and crime uh, is a, a crime is a terrible thing to waste. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why we're so glad we have you, Pat. I I'm lucky to be here. I'm lucky to be here doing a show. We just did our 300th episode. This will be 302. Wow. And uh, I'm I'm very happy to say that, you know, our Patreon now is monthly. And I might have emphasized this before. I want to say thank you very much to my patrons, the best people in the world. Fans of New York City Crime Report are better than most people. And that's the truest thing I've ever said or ever will say. And uh, thank you for your support. And thanks to everybody who came out to the Compound Show in Long Island. Com- uh, comedians of Compound. Kevin Brennan, myself, Gino, Aaron Berg. We had a blast. And I think we'll be doing more of those. So if you're in the New York City area, uh, if you live in uh, New Jersey, there's a couple of clubs around, and that's where we'll be. Also go to my website, crimereport.nyc. There's a, if you want to see where I'm at locally, if you're coming from out of town, a few people have done this. They write me and they go, hey, are you doing any shows around this time? And I go, you know, you're talking about six months out. I'm not even booked for six days out. But, uh, you know, hit me up closer to the date. And then they do. And then they come and see me. And, uh, you know, I meet them. I, I, love, I like meeting you guys. Come and see a, a live taping here, a live recording. Uh, the show goes out live streaming at Compound. If you haven't subscribed to Compound Media yet to, to watch the show, look, I mean, if you've been listening to this show for a while, you get it. It's, it's, it is what it is. It's funny. If you're still listening, then you must like it. Uh, it's different when you watch. There's a visual element. There's, uh, you know, the guests and stuff like that. Trust me, it's worth it. It's not the same show, but it's just as good and different. And, uh, and look, you not only get our show, you get a bunch of other shows, too. Totally, we're talking thousands of hours of entertainment archive. You can't go wrong. Seven bucks a month. It's, uh, look, I mean, I'm not trying to beg you, but, you know, 
you could check it out for a month. You know, who's that going to hurt? Anyway, you guys are the best. Uh, thank you one more time, Seth Barron. Thank you, Pat. <laughs> and thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. Is it over? Find out how to get extra content and bonus material from this and other shows. Go to patreon.com slash NYC. Check it out. Support New York City Crime Report. Go to patreon.com slash NYC.